the second chapter, the 20th verse. Brother Nathaniel, if you'll turn to Nehemiah, the second chapter, the 6th through the ninth verse, please. Brother Caleb, Brother Samuel, you got it? Okay, 3 John, 1 and 2. 3 John, 1 and 2. Just before the book of Revelations, right? Amen, he knows that, just making sure. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for God protecting us from Dorian? Praise the Lord. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Appreciate the presence of the Lord that we feel in this church house tonight. Amen. All right, Brother Samuel, would you stand and read 3 John, the first chapter, and the second verse? Beloved, I wish of all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Amen. A word that a lot of prosperity preachers like in that verse. Prosper. How many of you want to prosper? Well, I want to prosper. That was the will of God. According to what he just read. Praise the Lord. Brother Nathaniel, stand and read your scriptures tonight, please. Wherein was it written? It is reported among the heathen. And Gashmu said, that thou and the Jews think to rebel for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophet to teach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shalt we report it to the king according to these words. Come now therefore and let us take counsel together. Then I sent, sent unto them, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but... Thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hand shall be weakened from the word that is, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hand. Okay. Now read Nehemiah 2, 6 through 9. No, that actually fits in very well. Praise God. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto, unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to me, the governor beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to, to make beams for the gates of the palace which appointed to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letter. Now the king has sent, sent captains of the army, army and horsemen. All right, our brother just read of Artaxerxes giving Nehemiah letters of passage which allowed Nehemiah to pass through their land unhindered. He was able to gather construction materials such as he needed from the kings and those governors of various territories. He was able to get wood from the king's forest because he had letters of passages. Let's stand to read the text uh, this night. Praise God. Nehemiah 2, the 20th verse. The Bible said, Then answered I them, and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants 
will arise and build, but ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord. God, we thank you so much for the presence that we have found in this church house. We know it's been your presence. Lord, we pray that you would anoint this thy servant, Lord, to preach the word of God. Anoint these lips of clay, set a guard at my lips. Help me to say only the things you would have me to say, nothing more or less. Anoint the ears of this thy people that they may hear the word of God. Let these sayings sink down deep into their hearts. God, let them receive the words of life joyfully, not to place, depart this place sorrowfully. We give you the praise and honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to remind us again that the brother just read of Artaxerxes giving Nehemiah letters of passage. I feel like the Holy Ghost dealt with me and gave me the title for a message that I've titled A Passport to prosperity, a passport to prosperity. Praise God. I tell you what, I need a passport to prosperity. I don't want to stay a pauper forever. Some of you want to say amen, praise God. One of these days we'll be princes and princesses to the glory of God. One of these days, sooner than we think, we'll be living in a palace. One of my favorite songs is a song somebody sings, I want to live like a king, praise God. All right, most of us are very familiar with the events recorded in the books of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's name speaks of comfort to us when we hear about him. It means that the Lord has comforted Israel. Undoubtedly, Nehemiah has been a comfort to the king of Persia, namely Artaxerxes. Nehemiah tells us that he had been the cupbearer to this foreign king. He must have been a blessing to have around because on a certain day, the king noticed that his countenance had fallen. How many of you know that people can read our body language? They can read our expressions. A lot of times, I give instruction to my family to be careful what you're saying with your face. We've heard it said before, turn that, smile, that frown upside down and give the world a smile. I mean, has life really been that bad? Has it been that unpleasant or that distasteful? Nehemiah probably wouldn't want to hear our excuses for why we come into the house of the Lord with great sorrow. Even the psalmist, he told us to come into the house of the Lord with praise, not down and out, not with murmuring and complaining, not in the mully grubs, but to be glad. It means put a smile on your face. You're sending signals to the devil that you're defeated. We don't want the world to think we're defeated. We don't want the devil to think that we're defeated. So we see that there is a time in Nehemiah's life when the king recognizes that something has upset him. You see, his brother Haniah has come in and told him that things are not going so well back home. And the Bible said that this broke Nehemiah's heart. And as he's in the presence of the king, he's upset. And the king says, what's wrong with you? And he begins to tell the king exactly the burden of his heart. 
So the king was troubled when he was sad rather than happy. I'm so thankful tonight to look out and see happy people with smiles on their faces. I know that this was discomforting to the king for such a God-fearing man to be upset. Elders of our church, let me tell you, no matter the difficulties or the hardships in your life, you must be an example to the younger generation that God is good. Yes, he is. He's good all the time. So Nehemiah had a legitimate reason to be upset. He wasn't aching in his joints. He wasn't blind. He hadn't had a limb cut off. He didn't have rheumatoid arthritis. His nerves hadn't been malfunctioning like mine have been doing this week and all that mysterious twitching in the hand. But I've still got a smile on my face tonight. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord among brothers and sisters of like precious faith. You see, Nehemiah wasn't disappointed or disgruntled. He had a godly sorrow, and he asked if he could go visit the remnant of his people who lived in the homeland. This book of Nehemiah is comforting to all who reads it because it assures us that God allows spiritual restoration and renewal. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for forbearance and thank him for restoration. Nehemiah was very concerned when he saw that his people had been destroyed and that there was only a remnant left. He was upset that the people had left some 70 years prior on a mission to rebuild the temple only to rebuild it but not put any walls around it. His brother and these other men said, we've got some things happening there but there's no walls. He said, what about them walls? He said, the gates have been burned with fire and the walls have been broken and torn apart into pieces. So Nehemiah was troubled that there were not any walls around the city of God, namely Jerusalem. How many of you know the people of God should have walls up? Have you ever tried to approach somebody that had a wall up? Metaphorically speaking, figuratively speaking, you said, I could have helped them if they would not have had that wall up. I want to tell all of you that sit under my preaching here and under my pastor, make sure when I'm ministering to you that you don't have a wall up. Don't do that. Your name is not Nehemiah, but I do feel like God's people concerning the world should be wall builders, that we should be people that put up walls. So Nehemiah was concerned. I remember some years ago when I heard that there was a mega church in the city of Tampa, Florida, and the pastors, Randy and Paula White, named that church without walls. I remember being troubled in my spirit and feeling like something was amiss and awry because of the name they chose for that group of people. Well, their marriage must not have had any walls because Randy and Paula White are no longer married and that church as they once knew it is no longer. You've got to have walls. I mean, in most countries, people have walls around their houses. Praise God. And so Nehemiah knew that for order for that temple that these had been building, to be protected, there had to be a wall. How many of you know that holiness preaching is wall building? 
How many of you know regulations, rules, and standards, and precepts are wall builders in our lives? Praise God. And so Nehemiah knows that before man can become a mighty man, he must first be a humble man. The Bible said that promotion comes from the Lord and Jesus practiced servant leadership. We know that some of the apostles of Jesus wanted to be those that sat right beside him, those that dwelt right on his right hand. Listen, the things that you do for God should not have to be seen directly by the pastor. You should be able to come to the church early and turn the AC on without being asked. You should be able to check them doors without being prodded and prompted. You should be able to mow that church lawn without being asked. And thank God for the brothers that have been doing such things as these. You don't have to be right there to receive the glory. You see, Nehemiah is hundreds if not thousands of miles away from the city of God. Away from the attention. He's not a priest. He's not the king over God's people. In his ministry, he has started out as a servant. Oh, that doesn't make for popular preaching, you said. But I want to prosper. You're going to have to be a servant before you can prosper. You're going to have to be a pauper before you can prosper and become a prince. Praise God. I mean, if you can practice servant leadership then I'm telling you, you're destined for greatness. Brother Philip gave me a compliment the other night, and I said, Brother Philip, oh, come on. You must be kidding me. He said, no, Dad, I'm serious. You're one of the greatest preachers in our holiness movement. I put you up against anybody. He said, oh, Philip, come on, be careful. But I felt led of the Lord to spit on my heels and tell Brother Philip, I said, son, remember this, greatness begins with humility. And if you ever aspire to be the best at something, you'll be the least among the brethren. And if you ever look for the spotlight and the limelight, you'll be the one in obscurity. Praise God. I feel the preacher in here right now. Praise the Lord. And so Nehemiah was content not to be the smartest person in the room or the loudest person in the room. He didn't have anything to prove, praise God. So again, let's reiterate, his earlier occupation is that of a servant. Could you say that with me? A servant. The songwriter said, I want a servant's heart. That's the only way you'll make it to heaven. That's the only way you ever do great things for God. That's the only way you ever prosper, praise God, is if you're a studious servant, praise God. And so this man starts out, Brother Jesse, as a cupbearer. Brother Philip, what if your daily job task was to stand next to a pagan or a foreign king and to give him something to drink when he was thirsty? Would you despise those little things? You know, brothers, Nathaniel talked this past weekend about Elisha. He told me how long Elisha had served under Elijah before he got that wonderful ministry. Brother Nathaniel said Elisha served under Brother Elijah for a pretty good while before he got a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Before you get what Elijah's got, praise God, you've got to tarry around Elijah. You've got to be still and be quiet. You've got to be all ears 
And you've got to have a servant's heart. I'm going to preach to you here if you'll just hang on. And so I don't know that some of our young men here tonight would be altogether comfortable with when a man snapped his finger walking up to him with a cup of wine and sampling it to make sure that it had not been poisoned before that king drank of it. I'm sure we would say under our breaths, we would say, Oh, you ain't any more special than I am. I put my pants on the same way you do. You don't mean any more to your family, your wife, and children do than I do, praise God. And so this man was a servant to those who were thirsty. The message of Jesus was, I was a thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. How important is it that you do like that sister did this past Sunday? And I won't call her name, but how awesome is it when pastor walks out of that office and hears a bag rattling on that doorknob and opens it up, and it is handfuls of purpose of homemade cookies. Let me tell you something, praise God, in the least that you've done it unto these, my brethren. You've done it unto them. Oh, I feel the preacher in this house. So I know right now we're not shouting, but we're all wanting to prosper. We want a surplus. We want to be somebody in God. We want to attain greatness in God. But you're going to have to start out by getting in the presence of God. Assistant pastor, preachers, and others that are under my ministry. You will never develop a ministry. You will never have a super anointing upon your life. Laity, people in the pews, listen to me. Until we become people of prayer. Because we know that when we become prayer warriors... We have access to the throne. Praise God. The Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Would you say this with me? Prayer warrior. Point number one is, God, in order for us to prosper, we must be a prayer warrior. Nehemiah cannot testify that he is a great leader like Joshua. No, he is not a mighty apostle like the apostle Paul. Or he's not a great deacon like Stephen that Sister Wooten testified about. But he is a cupbearer, a lowly servant, and a low man on the totem pole. Seemingly the one that God knows nothing about. The one that's a distant servant The one that's not even in the very presence of the priest The one that seemingly has been forgot about As a servant he finds time to pray The Bible said after that his brother had brought this awful devastating news Of the terrible situation there in the homeland The Bible said that Nehemiah began to pray for the motherland and for his people I wonder elders listen to me and be serious don't tell me at the church but be honest I know what it is from yesteryear to know what it was to see a pastor that had prayer warriors behind him pushing and pulling I know what it is laity to see somebody worshiping and praising God during the service I've seen it here in our church we are blessed to have elders that are prayer warriors who have testimonies that are timely this speaks to me that they pray by behind closed doors and God rewards them in private. You've got 
in public. You've got to work in private in order to be rewarded publicly. If you're going to get the Holy Ghost in that public setting there in that church, you're going to have to have a prayer life at home. I wonder how it is that the Lord has blessed the Wallace girls in the manner that he has. I'm dedicating tonight's sermon to them. You see, God is beginning to bless them and to prosper them. I feel like maybe they haven't prayed as much as they would like to, but I do feel like they like to pray more about things, but I do feel like God dealt with me that they're praying people and they put their petitions before the Lord. And the Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. How are things happening? You don't have to ask God for a plan. Praise God if you'll just pray about it. So many people refuse to pray and they request a plan. And so this man was content to labor in the field that God had planted him in to bloom where he was planted. Could you say amen? And he gained the favor of Artaxerxes, which was a mighty ruler. So this prayer warrior got promoted in the palace of Artaxerxes. How many of you feel like you can pray and you can get favor on your job and you can get promotion? It comes from the Lord. You're not getting along with your employer. Pray about it. In order to prosper, we must be, say it with me, prayer warriors. You can't focus on yourself. You've got to focus on others even if it seemingly is something as silly as bringing the king something to drink. But I want you to know even though Nehemiah's task was before him and he was going about his daily duties, the Bible teaches us where his heart was. You know the Bible said on your job when you do it, don't do it to please your employer, but do it to please God. You see Nehemiah is practicing what he's preaching. He's working hard, but his heart is in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, you won't have no problem doing your work right and being punctual to your employer. You won't be tempted to lay out of work. Hallelujah. For no reason at all. That includes laying out of church. It's work. I mean, isn't it interesting that we can punch a time clock right on time, but we come dragging into church 10 to 15 minutes late every service. I mean, everybody knows we're a procrastinator. Have y'all got the peas yet? Every now and then I do this just so the church can know that I know how to do it lest they get flattered by somebody that does it. It ain't all in the three-point preaching, but I want you to know here tonight that you've got to be a prayer warrior, and you cannot be a pessimist or a procrastinator. I mean, he's praying, Brother Jeremiah, about things. I'm sure there's some things, Brother Jeremiah, ought to be praying about. Can I tell you, before I got a pay raise, I prayed about it and I fasted about it. Some of you murmur grub and complain about your employer. You curse him behind your back but you take your paycheck and go to the bank thanking God. Isn't it funny how with a divided tongue we curse men and we praise God. But Nehemiah was not a double minded man that was unstable in all his ways. When God needed a builder he needed a servant. I know when he built the kingdom of heaven, he looked to Jesus in servant leadership. And so our hearts are in the city 
of peace. And tonight, the reason why these elders and your pastor and your pastor's wife and brother Nathaniel are worshiping God from the onstart of the service is because we're here, yes, but our heart is in another country. I'm telling somebody when you practice prayer, praise God, you will perfect it as long as you do not practice prayer, you will never perfect it. Praise God. Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And Jesus gave them a plan for prayer. Somebody said, how is it that God hears these certain people's prayer? It's because they pray in accordance to the will of God. There's been times in my life that I have practiced the Lord's prayer. I mean, I prayed it, ad lived a little bit, added to it. Uh, don't mistake me as being somebody that adds to the Word of God uh, or takes from it, but I have used it as uh, a plan or as a guideline uh, for my prayer life because uh, when I would put my will out front, uh, it reminds me not to put my will out front. Uh, come on, so I want you to know Nehemiah's heart uh, was where it was supposed to be even though his body uh, was where it's not supposed to be. Praise God. Uh, Sister Cheryl, it may not be true uh, that God wanted you to lose that limb, whatever. It's not for anybody to judge you or to ridicule you or criticize you. Uh, but the way you stood up and testified tonight, despite it all, uh, lets us know where your heart is at. Uh, it can I tell you where your heart is at. There your new body is. And so church, we see that this thing starts with a praying man. The psalmist said I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You let somebody murmur and complain and they will not want to pray and they will not want to praise. In order to prosper, you must be a prayer warrior and you must be a praise machine. I mean, look at Paul and Silas in the prison bound and shut up in the innermost part of the prison. The Bible said they prayed and they sang praises. I can't keep some of you out of social media chat rooms. I can't preach it enough. I've given up. I told God today, I said if they're going to go to the world, they're going to go to the world. Ain't no sense in me getting any more gray hairs over it. Ain't no sense in me risking an ulcer over it. I'm telling you, it'll be up to you whether or not you prosper or not. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I came to prosper. The psalmist said I was glad. And the apostles Paul said, it is the will of God that you prosper. I'm telling you, we ain't got time to be defeated. We ain't got time to see the devil's soul. What was it the Babylonians wanted to hear? They wanted to hear the Lord's song in a foreign land. The world don't want to see God's people down in the mothergrounds, murmuring and complaining. They want to see God's people being the people of praise. Church elder, laity, friends, listen to me. God has been too good for us to be defeated. I want you to prosper. Let's raise our hands and worship and praise God.
You see, the word of God says, where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. So Nehemiah ended up where his heart was. He's in Persia. He's held captive. He's doing things he don't want to do. Why ain't you got that job promotion? Brother, I wasn't even thinking about you, so if this hits you, I'm sorry. But why ain't you got that new job? And that's probably not the case with Brother LaRue. But why are you where you're at? Can I tell you? As long as your occupation and your job is your number one priority, there it is to be. That's how you spend your time focusing about. But I remember the time in my life when God dealt with me to stop murmuring and complaining about being grossly underpaid and being shoved in a corner. God said, just go ahead and worship and praise me. It wasn't but within a week or two of me praying that through that God promoted me. Can I tell you that God will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies? I'm telling somebody what the employer means for a pink slip. God can make it a pay raise. Are you in this house tonight? Raise our hands, worship, and praise God. The book of Nehemiah tells us that Nehemiah had been held captive and it still has a prayer life and a praise report. He's devoted to the Lord. He's still fasting and praying about it. We read of him weeping after he heard about the destruction to the walls and the gates of the city of God. I'm sure he had heard about those who had a burden to rebuild the temple and that was an honorable work. It's good to see our pastor working on a building. It's good service after service to hear Sister Cheryl, Sister Wood, Sister Howell, Sister Walker, Sister Hammond testify that they're working on a building. It's good to see them lay a layer of block. It's good to see them do that and to be consistent and faithful in that. But I'm telling us, it's time that some of us others that are about 25 and down, we decide we're not going to be weaklings. We're not going to be spiritual, I mean, whips. We're going to be strong. And we're going to do exploits for our God. I'm telling us, for us to reach that community effectively, we're going to have to have a prayer life. And we're going to have to have a praise report. And we're going to have to be willing to get our eyes off the work of others and bring some building materials to the house of God ourselves. So when God is working in a man's life to cause his ways to prosper, that man has to do something himself. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, you must respect the spiritual leadership and authority in your life. That's the only way for God to promote you. 
Because if God sees you as a rebel, there is no way he can put you over the Lord's flock or use you in ministry in any way because that would be to promote a dictator. Huh? And so what good is a profession without a testimony? What good is it if we come to the house of God without praise on our lips? That's why I said I'll come gladly to the house of God with a praise. That's why the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Not your praise. Not your problem. But his praise shall be continuing in my mouth. Meaning I'm hurting in my side right now as I preach. But it's not about me preaching. It's about his praise. Praise God. And I'm telling you here tonight. That is the way for you to prosper. Is to do this. You've got to have a profession. But yes you need a testimony. I remember Sister Wooten saying Sunday night. As she come up here to the platform and approached me. And she told me about where she works at. And how some are professors. And others are possessors. And she said there are those that profess to have something. And then somebody from the outside. Am I telling it right? They came in and said well listen. I don't know about this one and that one. But I can tell you serve God. How did they know that Sister Wooten? There was something different about her wall. Is anybody in this house? There was a distinction because of the wall. And so I want you to know not only must you be a prayer warrior and giving praise reports, you must be a prayer partner. You've got to pray with others. You cannot be selfish. You must be selfless. I am sickened by what I see in our movement of the unwillingness of people to pray with others. They come to church in such critical care that they cannot even pray for others. Is that not indicative that we are those ten foolish virgins that ain't got oil enough and the swear to give to somebody else? I feel like maybe Sister Sherry and Sister Sadie at some point said this little confined space, this little camper about 15 feet long is not enough. And so they probably did like me and Brother LaRue do often. They said, let's bind together. We do that, don't we, Brother LaRue? He said, Pastor, bind together with me on this. And when we pray together, things happen, don't they, Brother LaRue? Is that not what the Word of God said? If you bind something, it'll be bound in heaven. If you loosen, it, it'll be loosed. I'm telling you, I believe these two sisters got to looking like them children of Israel did. They said, this place where we dwell is too straight for us. Is that right? And so they begin to just pray. Made it a matter of prayer. I never heard them complain about it. Did you, landlord? I never heard them complain even. Put up a prayer request in the house of God about it. But if you go about 60 seconds up the road and look on your left, they've got a beautiful place. I mean, it's a broad place. They've got a beautiful home that they moved in today. I'm telling you, as long as you murmur and complain about 
in a confined place. But when you begin to pray, when you begin, hallelujah, to praise God, when you begin to do right and to profess and testify and get a prayer partner, God's going to cause you to prosper. Husbands and wives and parents, listen, your prayers can be hindered if you're not praying together. Not only is he out of the above, he is a project planner. He was blessed to have the support of Artaxerxes. He held in his hands letters from Artaxerxes which stated his approval on the plans of Nehemiah. I'm preaching tonight on a passport to prosperity. He's holding in his hands, hallelujah, letters from Artaxerxes. How many of you know Paul left with letters from the leaders of the church there in Israel? But I want you to know tonight, you've got in your hand, brother, the passport to prosperity, that word of God, everybody, if you've got one, pull it out. You need to look at that thing differently from this night forth. And you need to see that as a passport to prosperity. You need to see it as a wealth of knowledge. You need to see it as an abundant resource of the wisdom of God. You need to tear into it. You need to eat it up. I mean, gobble it up, beat it up, get it down. You need to put that word of God in your heart. It is your passport to prosperity. Why is it that the people of God prosper? Because they live in obedience to the will of God. They're the best employees. If you're bringing a reproach to your pastor and you're dragging him to your place of business and I ain't heard nothing, but you're bringing a reproach to your pastor and your church. And if you're dragging into the house of God, you might not be bringing a reproach to me. Maybe you are. Maybe the visitors think, wow, they can't even be there by 10. But they can be at the job by six. I got crickets preaching back here. I love to hear crickets preaching. This name ain't Jiminy, praise God. Oh, come on now. And so we should have the approval of our leaders. He was given the passport, the letters of passages from Artaxerxes. I lost you about that, didn't I? Well, I can preach on punctuality. I lost you there, didn't I? But because he had those letters of passage, a passport to go through one king's territory into another. Is that not what Brother Nathaniel read to us? So when he went to one king's territory, they stopped him at the gate, said, what do you got? As evidence that Artaxerxes sent you. He pulled out that letter and said, Artaxerxes desires that I prosper. Oh, come on. I'm fixing to go to Guatemala and I'm having to have my passport renewed because it expired after 10 years. If I attempted to go without my passport, I'd have problems at the gate, right? If you try to go to heaven without that passport and then letters of passage, you're going to have problems. Look it over real good there. 
Brother Tyler's the governor. He's inspected it to make sure Nehemiah has got authorization and approval from a higher power. I'm telling somebody, you are wasting your time in an attempt to, to do something for God if God has not given you the right of passage. How many preachers are trying to pastor churches and they're supposed to be evangelists and likewise on down? I'm telling you, you've got to operate within the will of God or you will not have letters or passports to prosper. Let's raise our hands and worship and praise God. My heart breaks right now because so many people are trying to do things without God's approval. They will never get God's applause in heaven if they did things without his authorization and approval. Can I say it must be written authorization and not verbal? It is written. That's the only thing that works with the devil. Not your opinion, not you in the chat rooms, not you on social media, not you calling, talking to everybody about it. What is written? He could have forged the name Nehemiah on them letters of passages, and they would have somehow knew it was not the seal of Artaxerxes. Ah, oh, come on now. You're backing up on me here tonight. I want you to know the man of God and a woman of God who prospers must be project planners. He was able to purchase building supplies and materials, everything he needed because he had the letters of passages. You've got to purchase some things just like Jesus purchased the church with his blood. If you're going to prosper, Oh, come on now. You've got to work by the sweat of your brow. I mean, these preachers want the big church, but they're not willing to labor in the little things. They want recognition. People want applause, but they're not willing to labor in the little things. You purchase it. It costs you something. For Jesus to purchase your redemption. Hallelujah. It cost him blood, sweat, and tears. How many of us have put all of the above in our prayer closets? This man teaches us that it pays to pray. It pays to praise. It pays to be a project planner. Those girls did a lot of planning over this. And guess what they also did? They got God's permission. And they got pastor's permission. Oh, that's unpopular with this generation, ain't it? But it also pays to be patient, and it pays to be persistent. I'm not a prosperity preacher in the sense of most charismatic leaders in modern churches today, but I do believe that we can be blessed. And the Lord asked his children, how can you prosper? I said, be a prayer warrior. Be a praise report giver. Be a project planner. Hallelujah. Get your permission slip signed. Don't be a procrastinator. Be patient and be persistent. Let's get this straight. You can try to make yourself prosper and you can try to succeed at wealth, amassing wealth and attaining riches and fortunes. But listen, you cannot get it if God will not give it to you. You may get great wealth, 
but you won't keep it. Your children will lose it. And the children after you will lose it. You will not hold it. You might work overtime, double time, triple time, work all the holidays, and work through all your vacations. And you may nine people in the back, become a tyrant on the job, backstab, crucify, nail everybody to the wall, and get that promotion. But if it did not come from the Lord, look at our text, Nehemiah 2 and 20. It said, I will prosper because of the Lord of heaven. I mean, when the Apostle John wrote in 3 John, it's our Heavenly Father's will, and it's my will, my desire that you prosper and be in hell. Praise God. I feel a shatter in this house. You need to quit trying to make yourself prosper. Make yourself to be somebody. You need to start being well-pleasing to God. As Sister Wu says so many times, if you'll please Him, and that's all that matters, not pleasing your parents, but pleasing God, then God will cause you to prosper. When God makes you prosper, honey, you get blessed above measure. You know, I've seen God had to bless earthly kings and sinful men and women and make them to prosper just to support local churches and support ministries and God's people because God's people will not be like Abraham, Job, all these other prosperous men. They will not do it for God's glory. I thought we'd be shot by now. You want to get rich? You want a promotion? You want pay raises. You want respect and authority. You aspire to be great. But are you willing to pay the price? I know you consider the cost just like Nehemiah. Our text says the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Not your parents. That's what Abraham told that king. He said, I'm not going to take you up. Lest you go away and say, I caused Abraham to prosper. What Abraham was saying, my God will supply all of my needs and my God will cause me to prosper. When the Lord begins to bless His children, we should expect it to be, us to be persecuted by the opposition. They're going to oppose our objectives. How many of us have an objective? You're a project planner. Making heaven is your number one goal. Being a blessing in that church is your number two goal. Praise God doing something for the kingdoms and number three go. You'll be a prosperous person. Verse number 19 said there was an opposition, oppositional force that come against them. Sambalot, Tobiah, Geshem. They laughed those builders to scorn. Nehemiah went by night. He looked at it privately. He looked at the task that was before him privately. The Bible said the only thing with him was a couple men in his steed, then he got to one place. The damage was so severe, Brother Jesse, he could not even get under it with his beast. But he stood up on the rubble, and he knew that God could cause us to prosper. In the verses prior to our text, the oppositional forces said, you'll never do it. They laughed him to scorn. I mean, they went home with their bellies hurting. How many of the people have told you you're not going to make it down there? You're not going to make it as a Christian. You prayed and got saved, but you can't live it. It's too hard to live. How many have heard from the opposition?
listen, anybody besides me? They said, you'll never build and establish a holiness church. Down in Southport, I heard somebody say it this past week. They said, Brother Howe, what you ought to do is get on out of there. You'll never build a holiness church down there. They said, my dad tried it, and he wasn't able to do it. Listen, it ain't about the sacrifice of men. It's about the will of God. If it's the will of God that you prosper, then God will see to it that you prosper. I'm telling some of us, we need to pretend like we have it all under control, even if we don't. You're sending testimony to Sambalite, Tobias, and Geshem that you don't know what to do with this crumbled up mess of your life. I know you can't fool God, but you ought to be able to fool the devil. Oh, there's that anointing. I'm seeing that haze now. We're letting Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem laugh us to scorn. When we take these ill reports and church problems, perplexities, and all this to the unbeliever, listen, if they ain't living holiness in an old-time way, then they should not be aware of the city of Jerusalem's problem. When you're supposed to be the city of peace and all you're looking at is a rubbish of problems, you can't go tell Samuel to Tobias and Geesham about the problems of your local churches, of your Pentecostal and holiness movements. What you need to do is go somewhere in secret on a beast of burden and stand out there in the staff tonight and look up to the God of heaven that desires that you prosper and say, them boys over there across the fence said, I cannot make it, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It means that Nehemiah came in with a project planner. He came in with a burden. Oh, come on, when he wept, you know God gave him the burden. And I'm telling some of you, Sister Wallace and Sister Wallace and some of you others, you know that night you wept and God dealt with you about doing what you're doing. Right now, your current location, your current mission, you know when you wept, Nehemiah, in the council of Artaxerxes, you know that burden came from God. So when 10,000 devils are saying, Brother Howe, you'll never build a holiness church in South Florida, I say, that's right. I won't, but God will. Amen. But to God be all the glory, I look at the number in attendance here tonight, and it's better than most holiness churches around. And I don't feel like God's done with us yet. But if there are Sambalites, Tobias, and Geeshams that may not have meant to discourage us, but if they are, these guys did mean to discourage Nehemiah. And God knows the motive of people, why they say what they say and why they do what they do. But we ought to be privy to the devil's ways and know his ways. And we ought to come to this church as Sister Wooten did tonight and these others with a testimony Sister Cheryl did, a praise report. If the devil is screaming our Nehemiah, just get on that steed and gallop back to Babylon. Oh, come on. Do you, is that the gravity of that sinking in? I mean, the pastor might be preaching over 10,000 devils tonight saying God's going to cause us to prosper. But Wallace, girls, all you others, if you
you are being prospered by God. You've got to make sure that your brothers and sisters know that you know God is prospering you because you never know what somebody is going through. You never know the burden of Nehemiah's he attempts to build a wall of protection. Can I tell you the enemies, Sister Wood, you testified about this tonight. They hate nothing more than our standard. She talked about the persecution, the opposers to Donald Trump and the way they're trying to tear him down. Does that not coincide with my message tonight? I'm telling you, they're going to falsely accuse us. That's what these men did, Brother Jeremiah. They told Nehemiah that Artaxerxes would have a problem with what he was doing. Them old timers won't approve of your preaching style or your preaching method or the way you preach holiness. Yeah, right. I got letters of passage. I got a passport to prosperity. I know how to build a healthy, strong church because we're going to stand on the Word of God. We've got our letter of passage. We've got the epistles. We've got the books. We've got the letters of the holy men that were moved on by the Holy Ghost. I may not how to shepherd God's people, but God knows how to shepherd His people. And as long as we keep it between the lines and preach what does seek the Word of God, we can let them falsely accuse us of having selfish motives and go about doing this without authorization and written approvals. But I know who it was that called us to this work. I know who it was that called us to be children of the Most High God. Do you remember who it was that dealt with your soul that night? You went to an old person altar of prayer and you prayed through the old time salvation. Are you going to lose the burden that easy? Are you going to lose the vision that easy? I'm telling us without a vision, we're going to lose our people. Some of you, the Holy Ghost just showed me clearly, you will not cut off evil communications. All I can do is release you. Hannah, stand up. I'm going to do this with love. And I'm going to go ahead and release him. Have you texted a worldly boy this week? Okay, if it was your sin. No sin. That's enough sin. You've got a bad project planner. When in your plans is Sambalat, Tobias, and Gisham. People that persecute the plans of God. The people of God do not promote wholesome living, holy living, holy standards. Now come on now. And so why did you enter the ministry, Brother Howell? Because I got a burden and I wept that night God sent me to South Florida. Because I got a burden and I wept. The tears were on the altar. The night I got saved. That's why I had no problem leaving the world. It's why I had no problem throwing away my own project planner. It's why now I've got a new route of passage. New letters of passage. New passports to prosperity. I feel a preacher in this house. You can't do this with the help of others. But you can do this with the Lord. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've got to build a personal testimony. You've got to build walls of prayer around that temple. Let's stand right here. Let's stand right here.
Your planning is going to fail. Our text says, Nehemiah said, the enemy had no portion. There's my final point. Hallelujah. Why has God blessed you the way he has, Sister Sherry? Why has God blessed you the way he has, Sister Sadie? Brother Jesse, Brother Jeremiah, Brother Nathaniel, where did them houses come from? They came from the Lord. Somebody said real estate's expensive in South Florida. You can't make a living in South Florida. Who believes that anyway? I mean, look at all the low-income housing. Look at all the illegal immigrants and all the legal immigrants. I mean, they make a pennies, but they're surviving. Don't you think that the pauper can prosper? That we as the people of the Most High God can have a portion? Is your whole What's your whole do you not think uh, that God can give us a portion in South Florida? You know why they think it won't work? Because Nehemiah said, the God of heaven will cause us to prosper. But he said, the reason why it ain't going to work for you guys, because you don't have a portion. You know what that word means? I looked it up. You don't have a heritage. Somebody under the sound of my voice had already felt the need to run. Already felt the need to have a personal testimony and a praise point as I've been preaching. Come on, don't lose your opportunity to prosper. Even in this service tonight, don't lose your opportunity to get above doubt and fear and anxiety. Will God take care of us? He's going to give you a portion. I said he's going to tell the devil, get out of here. You ain't got a portion here. Get out of here. You don't have a heritage here. What we are doing, we're not doing for ourselves. We're doing for the Lord. I want Brother Jesse to come up here. Bring your bride with you. Bring that little baby. Brother Nathaniel, get up here with your bride. Brother Jeremiah, get up here. They said it won't happen. You won't find housing for your sons. I said, that's right, I won't. I prayed and I sought God for years, didn't I, boys? There was times I looked at them and said, I don't know how it's going to happen. But it happened. They bought them houses. Did they jump up in value $35,000? They bought them houses, Sister Wooten. Two months later, they jumped up $35,000. I'm telling you, God knows when's the right time to buy. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, God knows when's the right time to possess. You worried about your future? God holds your future. I heard the Holy Ghost say in my office this evening, He said, I'm going to cause them to prosper. Don't look to get rich overnight. I taught you just now how to prosper. Don't look to get rich in the next five years. Sister Crystal, come here. Come down here with a duffel bag. Nothing. The Holy Ghost spoke to her one night through me, and I'm a nothing despite whatever the false accusers say. I'm a nobody. But the Holy Ghost spoke one night in a service like this and said, in a few weeks you'll have a house, a car, and a job. 
She got all the above at one time. Did he not say I do exceedingly abundantly above all? You ask for thank. Jeremiah, she ain't standing beside you right now. Hallelujah. But God's going to supply the need. Wallace, girls, get on up in here. I'm telling you, God is taking care of us. We're going to worship God here tonight. Hallelujah. He ain't going to give the children's breads to the dogs. Come on, Sister Wooten. Come on up here. You're a widow. Sister Hannah, get up here if you would. Sister Walker, get up here. I'm telling you. Sister Cheryl, you're disabled. Everybody that can, come on up here. Brother Roadcap, Brother the Ruth, you're able to come. Everybody come. Put your hands up to heaven. I'm telling you about the holiness church. God showed me we can prosper. I said God showed me that we can prosper. According to 3 John 1 and 2. To prosper, to flourish physically. To grow strong and healthy. I said God can make us successful. I believe some here are rebuilding their lives. They're in a season of spiritual renewal. They're in a season of restoration. I'll tell somebody, God will cause you to prosper. Let's just worship God right here. I'm finished. You need a job? God's got it. You need a home? God's got it. You need a plan? God's got it. You need a permit? God's got it. You need a permission slip? God's got it. Get your mind on God right now. Perfect praise. Perfect praise will cause you to prosper. I'm asking you right now to get your mind only on God. Don't put your mind on your neighbor standing next to you. Don't put your mind on your pastor. Put your mind on God. I said God's going to cause you to prosper. Don't aspire to be a millionaire. Let God do what he desires to do in your life. Somebody said God blessed me with an amass of wealth and finances. That's great, wonderful. God can bless you with musical abilities, singing abilities, a fruitful womb. He can bless you with job opportunities. He can bless you with ministry opportunities. He can bless you. But my God, saith the apostle, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. There he is. Go ahead, right there. There he is, brother. Let him bless you. Somebody go ahead and clap your hands and praise him. Perfect praise. Perfect praise. Hallelujah. What happened to Job? God caused him to prosper. What happened to Abraham? God caused him to prosper. What happened to Paul's ministry? God kissed it with his blessing and caused him to prosper. God can cause you to flourish. Sister Sadie, I feel like the Holy Ghost wants you to take a victory lap. God has called you to prosper in a strange land. Sister Sherry, take a victory lap. 
God has caused you to prosper in a strange land. However, boys, there's no doubt about it. It's God's will that we be in LaBelle, Florida. We're going to just have to pray. We're going to have to praise God. We're going to have to worship and praise Him. If we weren't in LaBelle, Florida, you wouldn't know who Oliver is. Is that right? Come on. Come on, let's worship and praise God. Oh, there he is. Woo! I want you to get your mind on the Lord right now. The Holy Ghost is moving through this place in a mighty way. Come on, praise him fervently. Worship and praise Him. There is a strong spirit of the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, saints of God. Let's go ahead and worship Him. A passport to prosperity.
God not manifested his blessing upon you when you thought it was impossible. He said, I am a God of possibilities. Come on, impossibilities. There's something great in store for us here tonight. Let's just keep tapping into this. Keep tapping into this resource. We're praying and we're praising. It's a rite of passage. 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 Come on now. Come on now. Canaan land was a land possessed by others, but God gave it to his people. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it. Come on, let's worship him and praise him. I still feel a very strong presence of the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel like somebody just needs to obey God. Several have already ran, wept, cried, shouted. Praise God, danced in the spirit. Some still weeping, speaking in tongues. We've got a heritage church. Milk and honey, that's where I'm going. My heart is in heaven. My treasure is in heaven. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days, we shall see the King. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's all keep worshiping and praising God while God ministers to so many. I don't want to be a sandalating to bias. I don't want to hinder anybody. Just keep worshiping and praising. Keep worshiping and praising. Say, God bless them. Help them, Lord. how to get you away from the bully. God knows how to set you in the promise land. Abraham, there is a land of promise and it belongs to you. Joseph said there's a promise land. Don't let my bones stay in Egypt. Don't let my bones stay in Egypt. Bury my bones where they belong, where my heart is. Nehemiah said, I don't want to be the king's cupbearer. You know what he became? Governor. Governor. Ooh, glory. You mean God will take me? Yeah, we're going to be princes and princesses. Governors. Kings and queens, New Jerusalem, the city of peace. Can I say, the city of walls. What's that wall of what, Jasper? Walls of Jasper. I feel the shower in this house. Walls of Jasper. Streets of gold. Gates of pearl. 
I'm telling you, God's going to cause you to prosper. I want to live like a king. See how about the food this Please, Terry, in this presence, please continue to pray and praise. There's something powerful about this. Something great going on in this service tonight. No doubt God's speaking to others to go to Nehemiah and help him. No doubt there's others that have a heritage. You know, if Nehemiah hadn't went, he'd have never known Ezra. He'd have never known what it was like to see that temple. Wallace girls, y'all walk in there tonight, you just breathe in. How can it be? How can it be? I was in my office this evening working on this sermon God been dealing with me today about it. I said, Lord, I don't want to sound like these modern charismatic preachers that promise prosperity to everybody. He spoke to me. He said, you ain't promising them a Cadillac and a mansion. He said, you are promising them power with God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. He promised us tonight he'll cause us to prosper. I'm still ministering in this service. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He didn't say where your heart is, there's your treasure. Seems like the Holy Ghost just waiting on somebody tonight to just say, I claim the promise that He's promised me. I take it. I say, Thank you, Lord, for your protection and your provision. Thank you, Thank you for this proclamation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Don't murmur and complain about what's falling apart, what's decayed, dilapidated. What's going wrong? Don't focus on what all's wrong. He's a rebuilder. Some of you have come needing to rebuild your lives. He's already helping you rebuild your lives. It's amazing to behold it. He's helping you all rebuild your lives. Brother LaRue, God's got you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Holy, holy, holy. 
God hasn't forgotten your labor of love. You ask Miss Sarah and Uncle Abraham if they're prospering right now. You ask Job and Sister Job, ask Dave and Bathsheba if they're prospering right now. Ask Brother Platt, Brother Ham, if they're prospering right now. Brother Ham said, is walking on the streets of gold barefooted, prospering. Huh? Oh, I still feel the shouter in this. Brother Wooten had a thing for architecture. You know that, right? You think him beholding the throne room of God? He always liked for the house of God to look beautiful, didn't he? You think he's well pleased and prospering in the presence of the Lord? Brother Platt was always looking for something to do. You think he's got plenty to do there, brother? Does anybody besides me feel this? Brother Roy Danker had a thing for trees. He did. If it was cabbage trees, cabbage palms, if it was bud and orange trees, he had a thing for plants and trees. You think he's having a good time in that garden? You think he's prospering? I'm going to tell you, we're going to prosper after a while. But I'm telling you, I came to preach to you tonight, you're going to prosper in this life. Somebody obey the Lord right now. It's a victory lap. It's a leap for joy. Shout. If it's a weep and it's Nehemiah wept. What's wrong with you, Nehemiah? Or does Xerxes sin? I've got a burden for the people. Did God give you a burden for that class? I know he did. God give Pastor Hal burden for the Bethel Homeless Church in LaBelle, Florida? I know he did. You remember that night the Holy Ghost pretty much slew you in the storefront? Remember that weeping? Remember that power? Remember being slain right here in this church? Remember that thing you two being slain? Remember that power? Praise You think the God that did it back then can do it next week? <laughs> it's in here tonight. I'm telling you right now, it's in here tonight. It, the glory of God is in this place tonight. Raise your hands and worship and praise God. Why don't you just go ahead with what you feel right now? Some of you are just about to explode in the Holy Ghost, just weeping and crying and praying. Just go ahead and let go. Let God have it.
Let God have it. Nehemiah's weeping led to the blessing. Don't hold back those tears. Get that burden. Get that burden. Praise God. Praise God. Get that burden. Brother Tyler, you remember that night? Your granddaddy ran out the door and called your great-grandma. Said, you ain't going to believe this. Tyler Wooten's trembling under the presence of the Holy Ghost. You remember that night, Tyler? You think if God did it then, he can do it again, of course. That's God saying, I've given you passports of passage. Passports. Praise God. For prosperity. You know what? We need to add one more point. Priority. What is our priority here tonight? Priority number one is to just praise God. Let's worship and praise Him. It's our prerogative. It's our privilege. It's our passion. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't somebody just clap your hands? I can tell you it's still a pleasure for the Holy Ghost the God of heaven, he will prosper us. you feel like kneeling and praying, you may. If you feel like continuing to stand and pray, praising Him, you may. Hallelujah. Let's still stand for worship and praising God. Just try to encourage you all to get a hold of that passport. Letters of passage of passport. Perhaps God needs you to help Nehemiah. Perhaps God's called you to help Nehemiah. Come on now. Tell you what, if you feel like kneeling and praying, please do so right now if you would. Brother Terry, there's an awesome reverence in this house. If you feel like you need to kneel and pray, please do so. Now that's what God's willing for you to do is just 